Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Is somebody talking in the background? I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. I got special guests on the line with me for, in my opinion, a very important show. I got my special guest co-host. I'll say hello to you, Queen. How you doing, Latrice? Latrice Ross, my riding riding this thing with me. Thank you, Queen, for coming back on with me. How you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Got a couple of special guests on the line with us. I'm going to go with, I think I heard, may have been heard, Evan, Evan, how you doing? Can you with us? Evan Jefferson, you with us this morning? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, you're coming through loud and clear, if you will. Say hello to the truth seekers and give people just a quick little background before we get to let them know. Let the cat out the bag on this morning's discussion question. How you doing, King? Uh, I'm doing absolutely phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to come across some people that want to find truth. So I'm here to give it to you from an uh, economic, financial perspective. Hey, I love it. Dr. Sean, I got you live on the air, too. Let me just check it, make sure I got you. Oh, there she go. I got it right there. Got on the board. How you doing, Dr. Shelton? Thank you, Queen, for being on with us. How you doing? If you will, say hello to the truth seekers out there and give them a little bit of your background before we let the cat the bag on this morning's discussion question. Hello, everyone. Good morning to the truth seekers. I'm going to give it to you from my background as a relationship expert. Okay, okay, okay. You do a little more than that, but if that's all you want to share, I'll let you you leave it at that. <laughs> well, well no, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hey, just only what you want to let them know. I'm just saying a reference to this morning's discussion question. You know, there's a little more to it, but it's all good, though, Queen. All right, we'll, we'll go ahead and get this thing jumped out. out. I'm sorry, go ahead, Queen. Yeah. No, I said they'll figure it all out once I start speaking. 
No, it's all good. It's all good. You keep it short and sweet this morning. But everybody's a returning guest, so glad to have y'all back for this morning's discussion question. Is America trying to kill us? So we're going to start like we typically start. It's been a couple of weeks since we had our typical start. So, Latrice, I will start with you. And so the first question typically for our show is just simply, can you recall the first thought, not the long, drawn-out thought, but just the initial thought you had when I said, hey, you mind coming on for this morning's show, if you will, go ahead and let that out the bag. My first thought was, hell no, America's not trying to kill us, and we need to face facts, use data to inform our opinion, and stop spreading conspiracies. All right, that was your first thought. All right, I'm going to come on right back to you, Dr. Shuttle. Now we got you live on the air, if you will. Uh, just a quick thought. I haven't you heard this for me, so just the initial thoughts you had when I said, Queen, you mind coming on and supporting us for this show? What was your first initial thought? Well, as a researcher and understanding the historical history and the historical trauma. All right, Dr. Shuttle, I'm about to cut you off. I'm messing with you right now. But I don't think you said as a researcher when I first asked you that, told you that's the question. I'm messing with you a little bit because I'm really, I'm really trying to tap on when you, when you heard me say, hey, this is what we're talking about. What, do you recall what your first moment and what you thought? I'm kind of messing with you a little bit. You'll definitely get to go into your to, to that, but I'm well, just saying, I when I said, it. hey, is America trying to kill it? No, I'm messing with you a little bit. Go ahead, Queen. <laughs> well, like I said, from a historical component, we can't we can't erase history. There are a lot of things that are that happened in the past that bring us up to where we are today. So am I saying that, that America is directly killing us? No, they don't have to. It's an automatic machine. It happens automatically, and we're complicit in it. Hey, I love it's it. All right, Evan, same question for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, same question for you, King. Just a quick thought on when you first heard this discussion question, your first initial thought. Uh, my first initial thought is where we trying to go with this conversation because it can go all over the place. Hey, I love it. Again, just that initial thought, and absolutely. So we're going to go a lot of places. I got this show lined up as I just promoted prior to coming on to the show. This show is going to go a little deeper than people think. And you're right, it can go a lot of places, so very interested. All, all of you have different backgrounds, which is what we do. We try to I tell people, if you're a first-time listener, you're probably going to hear what you like only half the time on this show because we intentionally bring people who think differently amongst one another, and we try to have a dialogue, not a, a, a drawn-out debate like people have on social media all the time. It's just a really an opportunity to listen to the different perspectives that everyone has. So, again, if you are a first-time listener, I would challenge you as we go through this deep, thought-provoking topic, I would challenge you to listen to even things you're not agreeing with, to at least hear and see why people are putting their thoughts together, because I think this is the type of show where that is very much needed. I always tell the Mental Dialogue Community Club here in Atlanta when we have our events, Obviously, we're quarantined right now and, and can't have our live events, but I always tell them at the live event that we practice the art of consideration when it comes to listening, and that's literally let me consider what someone who I disagree with, let me hear why they're coming up with that thought. A lot of times you can learn a little bit if you're willing to listen. So I will, again, challenge us as a panel, if you will, but mostly the listeners, again, if you're a first-time listener, Please be open to different perspectives because this is a topic that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. 
definitely want to get into the in a sense the, a lot of the psychological aspects of it for us as a community. Uh, Dr. Shun, I'll you know, I'll I'll highlight what what that doctor means or whatever. She's definitely a psychotherapist, so I would definitely want to understand her perspective in as an expert, as a professional when it comes to this type of stuff, and ultimately for our community to think about this on a deeper level than simply yes or no, is America trying to kill us? So what we're going to do is going to go to a quick break, and we're going to get hot and heavy into this topic when we come back from break. Again, this morning's discussion question, is America trying to kill us? I guess I'll say my quick initial idea, again, it's a show that I wanted to do for a long time, but I'll just simply say um, from a yes or no standpoint, I'm going to go, I'm going to lean no, but we'll get into all of our different perspectives when we come back from break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com, 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Stopping the world right now, which is the coronavirus. Right. Uh, something that no living person has ever experienced before. Right. Uh, the last thing that happened that was similar, I think, was called the Spanish flu back in 1918. And uh, that lasted about 18 months altogether. But we're in a state where the whole world is essentially shut down. Uh, all the stores are closed. All the the cruise ships are docked. All the all the shows are not happening. All the tours have been canceled. Every sport is no longer playing. Uh, all the restaurants are only doing takeout. Every non-essential business is closed. People aren't working. The unemployment rate is at 3.2 million already. And, uh, yeah, man, people are messed up right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's definitely impacted my financial bottom line. <laughs> I bet. Uh, 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, is America trying to kill us? Special guest, Dr. Shana, as well as Evan Jefferson, as we hear a little quick cut from Black TV with Aerie Spears just laying out the state that we're in. So obviously we'll need to start our show there, uh, obviously with everything that's going on right now with COVID-19. And we know within our community as this thing was growing and we started paying attention, you know, we definitely, uh, I'm pretty sure all of you are familiar with the saw how initially, even within our own community, there was this concept or urban legend, if you will, that, hey, we don't, we black people can't get it. It's kind of how, what it started as. And now we're obviously just a week ago getting hit with our media here in the U.S. pointing out, unfortunately, how hard our community has been hit. So to see us go from thinking we couldn't get it to being the hardest hit cultural race in this country is definitely <laughs> – a, a, a 180, if you will. So, Latrice, just any thoughts? Again, we got to start there because this is the looming issue in our community, well, in the United States right now, but obviously uh, we're hurting from this. So any thoughts in reference to COVID-19 pandemic, if you will? Go ahead, Queen. Um, it's not surprising that it's hitting us the hardest, um, considering the tremendous amount of inequities that exist when it comes to black Americans in this country. Um, the wealth gap, um, medical insurance, the underlying conditions that many of us have as a result of living in food deserts. Um, There are so many factors that are driving this, and many of them have to do with our history in this country, with redlining, with um, inability to get um, equitable treatment in the job market and, you know, inadequate education in our community. So there are so many factors that are driving this. And the one thing that it's doing, it's highlighting those inequities and how they impact. And so people are trying to turn the attention away from the root cause of those, um, of those issues that we're having that's causing us to be the highest number and make it about our habits. But if we dig beneath the habits, if we dig beneath those surface-level things that are impacting us, and we get to the root cause of the, the things that are actually creating those situations, we'll see that it has to do with not that America is trying to kill us per se, but it has to do with the inequities that are written almost into the very fabric of this country. Uh, thank you. And I'll say people have went as far as to even now even look at the idea that it is hitting us hard is I've heard some people even suggest that there may be some aspect of, of targeting targeting us. So, um, mm-hmm. Evan, I'll ask you just uh, what are your thoughts in a sense about COVID-19, but even that aspect of people out there even making that statement. I haven't seen that prevalent, but there are some people who have suggested that. So any thoughts, again, about the COVID-19 or just the idea that we're being targeted? Any thoughts there, King? <laughs> Uh, first, is this a family-friendly uh, podcast? I just want to make sure I respect no, You can talk how you want to, brother. We got yeah. two rules here. Bring your passion, and we are not politically correct. So when you hear one of the cuts I'm going to play later, you'll realize you can say whatever you need to say. So speak it like you want to, King. Oh, oh yeah, straight bullshit, man. I mean, we got to stop believing what they tell us. They control the news. They control the data, all that shit, man. Listen, if it's really hitting us like that, and I'm not saying we're not impacted, why the fuck it ain't hitting that Africa? And this shit done jumped from China all the way to the United States, skipped a few countries, didn't go north to Russia, 
It really have really really minimal impact in Africa, but yet it's, it's affecting African American people now more. When it first came out, we didn't have really nobody. Then we had Idris Elba come out. Now we got now they popped up the Attorney General to look like us to make us believe the shit that they telling us, man. It's, it's, we keep getting lied to by our propaganda by our media, and we keep believing that shit. That shit is bullshit, man. That's just what I got to say about it. I haven't seen this way too hey, long. I appreciate. I, too, I appreciate the passion. Too much. Sorry, history. No, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were finished. My bad. Go ahead. No, too much history. Nah, too much history. Right, just too much history. Okay, okay, okay. I, I appreciate the passion, uh, Doctor. Shout out. Get your thoughts on again. Some people are saying it's targeting us. Um, what's your perspective on it, Queen? Doctor, um, did I lose you? In line. No, I'm here. Okay, can go ahead, Queen. Me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's like you might have been muted initially. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I do mute so you won't hear any background noise. It's pretty much in line with the first speaker. We have to always look at the historical traumas of African Americans in this country, not only our our social status that dates back to slavery, but also the history of benign neglect when it comes to us as a community. Medical neglect, educational neglect, financial neglect, housing neglect, you name it. We have so many neglects that that are toward us. And so there's no surprise to me why the numbers of African Americans are staggering in this country. Now, there's a number of reasons why that's going to happen. We just can't go with just one thing and say this is it. There are so many things that we think rationally and, and logically. There's so many things that will cause that. There are things that we ourselves did not take this. Some of us, not all of us, did not take this as seriously, and we went about life as normal and not really understanding pandemics and how it works. And so, yeah. That stuff is going to happen. But then you have, you have the neglect portion of it, right? And what I mean when I say the neglect portion of it, our numbers have always been high when it comes to all types of diseases, including cancer. And when we complain about our illnesses, when we complain about our sicknesses, they're not always taken in and considered to be maybe we should check for this. Maybe this person is telling the truth. Maybe we have to explore this. It's not always seen that way. As a therapist, I treat so many people, including COVID-19 people, and many of them have spoken about being denied testing, being diagnosed. How With this whole pandemic going on, how are you diagnosing somebody with, with um pneumonia, and you know that's one of the signs and symptoms of COVID, but still refuse to give them a test. It doesn't make sense. So you have to think about those kind of things. Why are we being neglected? Why are our cases not being taken as seriously? I have a 17-year-old I'm working with who said that he had headaches, loss of taste, all this stuff, and they gave him Sudafed. They gave him everything other than saying, let's test this guy. By the time they got to testing him, it was five to ten days after he's been complaining of his symptoms. He's been going outside. He's been interacting with his family, his friends, his community. And then finally when they tested him and it came back positive four days later, how many people has he already infected? Whereas in my no, country, which is a, a highly no, affluent a county, question. if I go outside and I have these symptoms and I go into where they're doing a testing site, I doubt I'm going to be denied. A, I'm a doctor. B, I'm front line. I doubt I'm going to be denied a test. I know I would get it. But is that accurate in all especially when the numbers are higher? Now, a lot of excellent points, Dr. Shana. Let me say this to you very briefly, and I'm going to come back to Evan. For all the callers out there, we're going to get you all in as well. Um, 
I just heard a cut, cut from Governor Cuomo, if you will, up in New York, obviously the city that's been hit the hardest uh, in the U.S. as we speak. And and I don't know if this even played a role in what you're talking about because, again, we, we um, Latrice spoke to it and you're speaking to it. We know with medical inadequacies that are unfortunately historically have been prevalent to the, to the extent, as you said, sometimes we get turned away when we should be seen. But I know – Again, we finally ramped up as a country because we took a minute to ramp up. So I heard Governor Cuomo talking about that some of the death rate within New York City, for example, was predicated by people having symptoms and before the, before the city had ramped up, getting turned away. And so some of the deaths were some of those same people experiencing kind of as similar to the situation you said, experiencing more symptoms and then coming back in. But unfortunately, by the time they had come back in, some of those, it was kind of too late because they got, in a sense, turned away prior to testing being ramped up since this was a novel virus with no test initially, even, you know, to to, to even test it. And with it being a novel virus, at, at that point, they were calling it pneumonia or some other function or some other symptom because at the time, you know, unfortunately, it hadn't been properly recognized at, in, in, in some of these places. So I know that definitely played a role. Um, real quick, um, Evan, one thought just to share with you. You can respond to this, and we got a caller that wants to come in as well. Uh, when you say, you know, why is it necessarily not heavy hit in Africa at this moment? Well, as you said, it, 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 you, we, we all watch, in a sense, how it skipped to China, skipped to Europe, skipped to here. Um, the reality to that, just to throw it out, and again, I'll let you respond to that, is really um, it's still slowly hitting some areas where there's not a bunch of international air travel. So that's, in a sense, part of why you saw it jump to, if you or if you were to map out where our, our international air travel lines, that's where those are the places that got hit first. But if you remember early on, it was only in you know, so many countries, but it has quickly scaled up to almost a couple hundred countries or maybe even more now. I ain't look at the numbers. I haven't looked at the numbers the last few days. But the reason, in a sense, is why is that lack of international travel, um, and obviously with Africa being such a huge continent, um, in a sense, that's why you're seeing the numbers slow in Africa, in India, places where there's not a bunch of international travel is why you've seen the numbers slow. At least that's how it put out. Again, I know you say a lot of that stuff is BS, but just to share that thought with you, I'll let you respond to that, and then we're going to go to the caller. Well, yeah, that's BS, right? So uh, we can, it, it didn't go north and it didn't go south. South America, Canada, Russia, right? Right above China is Russia, right? So here's the deal. If we say it's air travel, we understand it. It must have moved by air. All right, so why didn't our country not shut down the airplane? Why didn't they shut down the airline? That's the first thing you would have done. If we, you know, they don't take rocket science, right? So that's the first thing we would have done is shut down all, shut down the borders and keep them coming in, especially if we know it's coming by air. It's flying over stuff. But they, they did shut down travel from China and Europe because they got it first, so those were shut down. Just throwing it out, but go ahead. I'll let you finish. I'm just throwing out. They did shut down the two places that had it. First thing we, the first thing we would have done was shut down travel, shut down the airplane. Right? Yes, we did. We, we responded eventually. But it's the first thing we would have done. Say, hold up a second. Right? But again, Canada. Saying, but we did right, do that, though. We did do that, though. Okay. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. I'm just saying, did we, I'm saying we did. No, but didn't we not? I'm saying, did we not shut down not, travel from not, Europe not, and China? Not, and not, 
me. You're not hearing me. I said we did. We were slow to move on that. You, if I can finish my, my finish my thought, you okay, my bad. Hurt, I said we were. Slow. That would have been the first thing we did. We were slow to move on that, right? While we still got other stuff open, right? Travel is still open though, even if it's not international. They're still letting airplanes go, uh, and domestically, so we can still be spreading this thing through our through our airplane through through traveling through from country or from state to state. We said we if we're gonna shut stuff down, we shut it down. So we're actually allowing the spread of this because we won't shut down travel. That's kind of silly. Go ahead. All right, that's a, that's a fair, fair perspective. Anybody want to put a quick thought for um in reference to that before I go to the caller? Yeah, I, I have I some thoughts. Go ahead, ahead on. You can go ahead. You're the guest. You go ahead on. I have some thoughts with that. Um, let's start with Africa. As you pointed out, Montoya, Africa is a continent number one. So when we talk about Africa, what country in particular are we speaking of? Because there are countries that have been hit and the, the rates are going up as we speak. Second thing that we have to consider is the rate of testing, right? So how many testing sites are there? Where are the testing sites? So those things will all apply. If people are not getting tested, then the numbers cannot be impacted. So when we talk about Africa, we've got to stop having Africa in our heads as though it's a country. Africa is made up of over 50 countries. So which country are you specifically speaking of? Because there are areas in Africa that are heavy hit because those are the areas that are heavily traveled. And then one thing, the last thing I'm going to say about the, the airlines and stuff, you're absolutely right, brother, but at the end of the day, this is a capitalistic society, and the economy is always going to come first. They try to avoid shutting things down because you see what's happening to the economy now. There's going to be a trickling effect. People are going to lose their houses. And who's going to get hit the hardest? African Americans. We're always going to be at the bottom, and we're always going to get hit the hardest. So these things, were, they have to all be considered. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Everything is interconnected, and we have to examine everything, not just one aspect. Now, thanks for yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Evan. Go ahead, Paul. Go ahead, Mr. Everything, everything in America comes back down to the economy, capitalism. And until we start playing that game, we just haven't talked. That's exactly what it comes back down to capitalism in this society. We got to play that game. We play that game, we ain't going to always be at the bottom. We always at the bottom because we're agree. not playing capitalism. I agree. I agree. Hey, fair enough. Let's go to the caller. Area code four eight zero last three three one four. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hello, Mr. Montoya. My name is William Magno. I'm calling from uh, Dallas, Texas. Hey, thanks a lot, King. What you got for us this morning? So I, I like the way that last part ended because that's exactly what my point is. It's all based on economics, and that's what we got to understand. And I know we talk about economics all the time, but what we have to understand is. It's, it's, it's what we have to do to change the game. Nobody, first of all, nobody's coming to save us. No matter what the situation is, there's nobody who's coming to save black America, number one. So the white man ain't going to save us. The system is not set up to save us. The game, the system, whatever you want to call it, it is the game, and it's not based on race. I get tired of hearing people say it's based on race. What it's based on is classism. And if you're in the correct class or the wrong class, that's how you can expect to be impacted. It's based on any game. If you look at any game, any game is based on two things, productivity and liability. That's it. It's productivity and liability. If you look at, let's just take one example of basketball, the most productive in terms of finance, because if you connect finance to any system, it's about capitalism. And so the most rewarded uh, 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 
franchises in any game are the ones who bring the most productivity in terms of capitalism. And the system is always going to be set up that way. So liability are the people who don't invest in four aspects. That's health, that's knowledge, that's financial, and that's spiritual. Those investments have to be made on the front end. And that's what black America needs to understand. They need to understand the importance of an investment early in the game, early in the game, which means if we're going to have change and we need change, then we have to start investing in our children and teaching them the, invest, the importance of investment in those four areas. Investment in your health. But the liability is on the back end. What happens when your health is shitty? Your liability to the system, to the profitability of capitalism, your liability. They're going to remove – white people aren't going to remove you. The system is going to get rid of your ass, right, just like a virus. If you get sick because, it's, because you are sick, the virus is going to remove your ass because you become a liability to the system. And a virus is not just a virus. Anything that is trying to kill you is a virus, whether it's the man, whether it's a virus, whatever it is. And that's based on liability. That's based on your lack of investment on what's important. Let's talk about health, investment. Let's talk about knowledge. These ladies that are speaking, they have knowledge, and they understand. And so what they're able to do is they're able to navigate the, 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 the potholes because they have knowledge. They've invested in that. The, the gentlemen also, right? Financial. Obviously, we understand how financial investment impacts the back end. If you're not financially invested in the front end, then you're going to be broke in the back end. So the system is going to get rid of your ass. If you're not spiritually invested on the front end, it's going to get rid of your ass. So this is what we have to understand as black America. It's not black, white, green, yellow, orange. It is classism, and all of that is based on your investment on the front end. And we have to start teaching our children the importance of the concept and the principle of investing on the front end. That's a hard thing for us to do because we can't see immediate gratification, and that is the problem. We don't want to put in the work. It's just like the gentleman said at the very end of the last, his last statement. It's economic. It's the system. And until we understand that and change that, then we're going to continue to have this, this damn conversation about, no, America's not trying to kill us. The system, any game, the game is not set up for the individual player. You can't set a game up for millions of people based on race. It doesn't work that way. The game is the game. It's not going to change. The game doesn't change for your race. It doesn't. The game is based on productivity and liability. And once you become a liability in those four different areas, right, if you're a liability in those four different areas, by the time you're 80 years old or 60 years old, the system is going to get rid of your ass, period. That's all I got. Hey, love the passion. Thanks a lot for the we actually up against the break. We're up against the break, y'all. But thanks a lot for that call, King. Always a good, great three cents from that brother out of William Agnew. Got another call there once again after the break as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. That ain't saying nothing against hip-hop. It's just I'm old school to my heart. I ain't converting over. See, you know what hip-hop don't do? See, hip-hop don't sing about love no more. Nope. And neither does R&B music. It is all about sex, and that's where Square Business Entertainment comes in to bring you R&B music with a touch of love. Check out their latest hit from Taylor Pace, Can't Think About Love. When an old couple prays, the sky's full of sun rays. Taking helicopter rides over the Frisco Bay and roller coaster rides. When people are truly happy 
the, um, the removal act, getting them off of the land so they can take it, that was all boiled down to race. We have the land laws that came into place where whites were able to acquire land and they was allowing whites to come in from Europe and other areas and it was classifying them as white for the purpose of them getting these grants that the government put out there for them that we were not entitled to. We cannot ignore dating back to when we got emancipated. We couldn't get married initially. A law had to be passed to even allow us to get married because marriage is about wealth. Everything boils back down to wealth. We cannot ignore redlining. I can go all the way down race-based <laughs> policies, including mass incarceration. We really want to get serious, but we're ignoring race. Mm-hmm. Okay. That right there is not smart. Not at all. And what you're talking about is, and it becomes, I'll say this, it becomes easier to do it because even if somebody hears you lay out, again, those are absolutely race-based policies. And some, often what happens is because they were so long ago, people are not understanding how it has played out from a cultural standpoint or a racial standpoint still to this day in a lot of cases. Matoya, uh, it was not a long time ago. Jim Crow yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'm, no, you're absolutely right. I'm just pointing out that 70s. I think that's how some people. No, I'm just saying I think that's how some people can dismiss it because they're not aware of how that affects us today. I, yeah, it's, it's definitely not that long ago, they but I'm just saying, I think sometimes they can Google. Yeah, they, either way, either way, I'm just saying that's how it gets and done. To this day, yeah, I think just they people see there. it that way. Montoya, no, I get it. I get I it. Let me go to the go. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think that what happens is we we get a certain level of wealth in our lives and we think that we've arrived. And so because we're black and we think we've arrived, if I can do it, anybody else can do it. But what we don't understand is we may have, have arrived compared to other black people, but where do you stand in the midst of the majority population in this country? Because you're making 70%. You're, you know, if you're college educated, you're well, you only have 70% of what they have. So while you may be seemingly middle class, you're still, in many instances, lower class than they are. So you haven't arrived, really. We have to really watch that language when we say wealth. We have arrived when it comes to income, but not wealth. Wealth is generated Mm -hmm. on its own and is passed down through generations. We have arrived in terms of income. There are people who retire when they're making $150,000 who are black, and when they retire and they get their little retirement fund, they get second jobs. Why? Because they have not kept up with the rate of inflation and they don't understand economics. So we don't have right. wealth. We have income. And we, we have arrived. Let me go to the caller. Yeah, let me go to the, let me go to the caller. Got brother Piaki out there from St. Louis trying to get in. Let me get him in. For anybody out there listening or on the line, you do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that number is six seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Let me go to brother Piaki out of St. Louis. How you doing, King? Thanks for being on. Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion question: Is America trying to kill us? Your thoughts, King? No, Americans are not trying to kill you, and you have to be more specific when you talk about America. It is about classism, and, you know, I don't like to talk about myself, but when I retired in 40, I didn't have to go back and get another job. And when you have degrees in black history and psychology and, you know, there's articles written that blacks are overrepresented in low-paying majors, and that's what it equates to. But the gentleman on on the topic of Africa, yes, Africa has have cases of the virus, and uh, you, some countries have some uh, high percentage of 
well, should I say high number of fatalities and exposure. I say one thing about some of these countries, especially in Africa, the people in those countries have a stronger immune system than those are here in the United States. Everything in the United States practically is sanitized. There you got open sewage, you got water, you got compromised food in a lot of areas, and they've been living under these conditions for a long time. Therefore, the immune system is much, much, much stronger. So uh, as far as uh, America trying to kill uh, whoever the us is, Montoya, come on now. That's kind of a stretch, ain't it? Hey, thank you for your thoughts. Uh, Evan, I'm going to keep you on for a second. I want to see if Evan wanted to respond to um, um, just, you, just you mentioning that, that aspect. Any, any thoughts from you, Evan, in reference to um, Brother Pion? Hello, Evan. Did I lose you? Well, you know, and I want to make mention that I'm going to hang up. We was looking at, you talking about this uh, opportunity. We was, uh, a group of us was looking at the Mercedes-Benz Dome, the new uh, facility that's in there in your city, Atlanta. It's put up by two black contractors, Mooney and H.R. Russell. That there is a tremendous feat, and it's an excellent project, well run, on time and under budget. Capitalism works very well in the United States for those who know how to use it. There's nothing keeping people from participating in it. Now, whether you're going to be successful or not, that's a different thing. But the thing is, competition is what it is. You got to be ready to compete. Thank you, Montoya. I'll talk to you later. All right, no problem. Mm-hmm. Tammy, any thoughts from you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back. I mean, you know. Go ahead. Let's bring this into perspective. I hate talking about stuff from people not giving a number. So World Health Organization, right? I guess that's what we're going to go by and say that's official, right? Uh, Morocco, 1,400 cases, only 107 deaths. It's in northern Africa, no, close to the Mediterranean, right? Tunisia, 60, 671 cases, 25 deaths. That's it. Libya, 24 cases, one death. That's it. Egypt, 1,794, 135 deaths. That's it, right? Uh, we come on down to Sudan, 17 confirmed cases, two deaths. That's it. We're going to see this very similar pattern across Africa, right? Very, lo- very low impact, very few deaths, right? That's, that's, that, that's, this is from the World Health Organization. Now, we can say they're not being tested. We can do all of this stuff, right? But this is, this is what we have. These are the numbers we have to go by uh, based upon the World Health Organization. And I can pull up many more examples of this. Uh, but... Um, as it relates to what we're doing with here in the United States, man, I just want to let you guys know, man, it's it's this thing is it's a it's a this capitalism is is corrupt, and um, you know I get masks, I get latex gloves for people and stuff like that. They starting to cut that stuff off at the border. You can't even get it in for your own people. We gotta we we have got to literally do something for ourselves as it relates to your health, your immune, you know, building your immune system, as it relates to protecting you with knowledge as far as, you know, what you need to do as far as protecting yourself with masks and things like that during the time. And, and if, we're not, if we're unwilling to do that, it's nothing else to really talk about. I, I, my philosophy is control what I can control. And what we do is we focus on what we can't control. Discrimination ain't going to change. It ain't changed since we've been since we brought over here from Africa. We are property to the people who are on and control of this country. And if we think a law changed that, no, we still slave until you free yourself. So until that happens, guys, we just we, we, we control what we can control. We protect ourselves. 
We build our immune system, get supplies as we can. I put the call out for people to get supplies so we can get it together. Guess what? Nobody showed up. Then they start complaining about, okay, the cost of it. Well, y'all ain't helping me get the shit. So what's up? What are we going to do? We're going to keep talking about stuff or we're going to do something about it? That's all I'm going to say for right now. I'm going to let people, let people in, but I can go on and on. I've been studying this stuff for a while. And I, got a question. I got a question for you in reference to, because I, I want to understand your perspective about something. So, because, yeah, like, as you said, you say that um, you were able to point out the actual numbers for Africa. That's what you kind of started with. And, you know, obviously those numbers, like you said, coming from the World Health Organization. And so I want to understand what is your perspective in seeing that the numbers are low? Because I know you said you could say they're not being tested, whereas for me, if you're going to take it outside of the, just the like you said, we can only go by the numbers, which if you just look at the numbers, that's kind of, a, in a sense, a linear thought without the context of, that there's maybe a lack of testing, for example. just kind of want to understand what's your perspective with that one country because they are fearful of um, vaccines and things of that nature. They actually tore down their te- the testing center two days in a row. And so they're definitely not – as a matter of fact, that was Ivory Coast that did that. So so in your, when you say the numbers are low, what else are you saying with that? And what, is, what does that tell you in, from your perspective? Well, uh, what I'm seeing from the numbers, right, and don't, don't call it linear thought. I'm not a linear thinker. I'm a dynamic thinker. Number one, they're trying to bring the vaccine into Africa, and that's not the most impacted place. Why are we not talking about a vaccine in China, where it actually started? China didn't even use no vaccine, but we want to use one. It's not making any sense, right? The United States wants to, wants to either uh, you know, prop up Big Farm, uh, they want to put the virus in you, whatever the case may be, but why are we taking something to Africa that's having very minimal impact instead of these countries like Italy, Iran, Spain, France. It's not making any sense, right? So I would, I mean, I don't know what, what, what the governors or the mayors or the presidents or the prime ministers in these African countries are doing, you know what I'm saying, or planning to do, but just, just based upon what, they, what is being reported, which we could say is not everything, but we could say that for every country, right? We could say that for all over the world, mm-hmm. right? But based upon what has been reported, <laughs> not making any sense of where you would try to take a vaccine. Why Africa, right? Why Africa is the same place that they brought us from, same place they're still trying to control, same place they got all the wealth, right? Now that the wealth is taken from the United States, getting back to capitalism, getting back to how this country got started, stealing from people, whether it be the Indians or the Africans, and then trying to control. I want to tell you all, it's not about killing, it's about control. To keep us slaves, to keep us under their rule and power, the one percenters, the people who own and control more than 50% of the wealth, and until we get into the wealth game, we begin to understand, oh, look at this stuff. Okay, how did it jump over from China to America? That ain't making no sense. Oh, China and America are actually having a trade war right now. Oh, China and America going back and forth for, for, for power. Oh, no wonder why those are the two prominent countries, pr- prominent first world countries that's really you know, at the top of this thing. It's not, you, you, it, we, we start connecting the dots with everything that everybody's saying. So, so we have got one question. So I'm go to a caller. Just so, if I could, if I could jump in and ask you one question about that part. Italy is a third world country, and they actually happen to be in the line of sight third between world China. Country. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, third world. Italy is nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it means you would go by to call Italy a third world, but go ahead. Um, Italy is nowhere. Italy is nowhere as far as power in the world as it relates to China, Russia, and the United States. Italy is not in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Italy is not in that conversation. Okay, brother. So, one quick question, China and U.S., again, a lot of international travel. So, my question, one quick question in reference to that being, in a sense, so 
if are you suggesting that the one percenters are putting them pitting them against each other and 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 you wouldn't put it on the international travel between the planes. Like like you're saying that somehow this situation is intentional by the one percent. I just heard you mention the one percenters. So I'm just saying, I'm just trying to understand when you say it's China and U.S. in a trade war. And I, and I'll just say in my mind, I'm saying there's a, there's massive international travel between the two. And I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm just trying to connect. If you're saying some, if you're saying somehow this is intentional and I'm assuming that would be by the one percenters. Is that, kind of what you're saying when you say look at the trade war? I'm just trying to understand that part. What I'm saying is, I'm not saying if it's intentional. What I'm saying is it's very, it's very, it's very like interesting that these two countries, which actually happen to be fighting right now, uh, you know, amongst trade and tariffs and all that stuff, happen to be, just, just coincidentally, happen to be the two biggest players as it relates to COVID-19. Also, it's very interesting that you know, all of our CEOs that are United States that run these big corporations, that they sold off all their shares before this whole tank in the market took place. Oh, that, what another coincidence. And it also happens to be that the companies that are, that are still in business, their CEOs actually bought more shares during the same time frame as well. Oh, what a coincidence. So we can coincidence, coincidence, coincidence. Stuff is not a coincidence. Am I who, who, the who is? I don't really know. What, I, what I'm looking at is, though, okay, China <laughs> – they're about to be done with this thing. They got about 1,800 cases left. They ain't using no vaccine. United States still ramping up, not, not accepting uh, the mask and stuff that's coming from China that, that's trying to send stuff over to help us. Oh, United States got a contract with 3M. Who makes all the masks in the United States? Oh, so now the government wants to capitalize off that as well. Oh, black people, we done lost 25% of our wealth. Oh, what coincidences are taking place here? All right, so let me jump in right there. Let me jump in right there because I'm going to let Dr. Shunner get in. We've got some callers that want to get in as well. Um, uh, now, what do you say? The blacks have lost 25. The whole world has lost, lost wealth, so I'm just trying to figure out who would be behind it, who, who's literally standing the game considering that the whole world is losing money. I'm just throwing it out there, but Dr. Shunner, I'll let you um, get you because I know I only got you for 10 more minutes. So I want to go ahead and make sure we get your thoughts in. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, how you doing, brother? Well, I was just basically, I'm not going to touch on it because this conversation can wrap over and over and over again, and I only got 10 minutes, and you already know me. I can hit people with data, facts, and information all damn day because I'm a researcher. Nonetheless, what kills me about many of our conversations that we have as a community are anecdotal topics, anecdotal cases. Anecdotal means that's your own personal experience. Give me the data. If you don't have the numbers and the researches, I don't really care about your anecdotal evidence. It means nothing. One person to millions of people means nothing. Hey, if that's your thought, let me go and to the caller. That, was, call the that was that was to the caller. Just so you can know. When you get done, I have. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I want to make sure I get her in. She only has ten more minutes with us. All right, let's get to the next caller. Area code four four last three four one nine. Give us your name and your three cents on this morning's. Discussion question. We're going to keep it quick because I got other callers. Go ahead, please. You're live on air. Caller, can you hear me? All right. Next drop. Let's go to the next one. All right. Here we go. Next caller. 678, last three, 306. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Good day. This is uh, Tennyson calling from Atlanta. Hey, how you doing, Kane? What you got for us? Well, you know, I enjoy you guys' uh, discussion. It's very lively. But 
I think it's all over the place. And so many things I want to try and, try and touch on. And I like what the doctor stated that it's all about you need to have, you can't just come and just throw things out. You need data. You need information. And so when we talk about Africa and the low numbers, we got to also keep in mind that in order to have numbers, you have to have testing. And if you're not doing the testing, then the numbers are going to initially be low, and just like what happened in America. But he, he mentioned about how is it America was in a trade war and the numbers are so, numbers are so high. You've got to understand, when it first happened, when this first happened, in, when you look at places like Seattle, it's a large Asian population. So you have direct flight going to um, Beijing and Shanghai. You also have the same thing in New York, and you have the same thing in Chicago. You have the same thing also in San Francisco, but what San Francisco did initially, right away, good leadership, the luck, they had a shelter in arm right away. And, but Trump did not do that for initially for China. And what they found out just recently is that majority of the people who got infected in other areas, including New York too, came from not just China, but from Europe. Another thing to keep in mind is that, and even now we still have eight states that we don't have a lockdown. And the nation really don't have a good lockdown when you compare it to other countries such as Italy and France, etc. And we, we, we got to learn from what happened in China, how they were able to stop the spread of this virus. They had a quarantine lockdown of 750 million people. We are only, our population is between 350 to 370 million people, and we still haven't done it. And that's why our numbers are in, out, out of this world. And it's going to continue to do that if we do not have a true lockdown. We still, was it, what, a, a week, two weeks ago we did it in Atlanta? And it really doesn't make much sense because we're saying, oh, people can go to church and they can just do, they can still go and worship. So these are some of the things we have to look at. But one thing I really want to make a point about real quick, because I hear this a lot in the news, and people are saying that, why are we trying to test in Africa and the African countries and things like that, as, as it relates to the vaccine. And I think this is, came from those two doctors in France who were having the discussion. But one thing we've got to keep in mind is that scientific approaches and ways of determining how treatments and preventives could be measured you, you need to have some form of ideal test environment for a vaccine. And what they were basically saying is that you need to use study groups that have the fewest external interferences or variables. And Africa, and a lot of African countries as it relates to, and I have to be careful when I say Africa, because as the, one, of your, one of your panel pointed out, Africa is a continent. It has 54 countries. But because of in some of the African countries where you have people not wearing um, uh, a mask or the variables are so out of the norm, that's one of, that would be the best place to do some of the testing as far as vaccine. Now, should you only do it in Africa? No, of course, you, have, you need to do it, get a really comprehensive approach and do it in other countries as well. But we've got to be careful when we're always pointing out that something has to do with Racism. I will say the doctors use poor words and poor way of explaining it, but I do not see where that, that was the case of racism as they related to 
having the vaccine tested, part of it tested in African countries. Uh, strong point, and I'll just add this and I'll let you go. I'll just say strong point just from this standpoint. Uh, in this case, uh, based on the current situation, we're also talking about, a, in a sense, a vaccine that's going to be used worldwide because damn near the whole world is having this problem. So just another added context. I think, Evan, I think you were about to say something, so I'll let you jump in as well. Go ahead, Evan. And if we want to talk about the vaccine again, if we want to learn from China, China did not China's not using the vaccine, right? So if we're going to learn from the people, if we if we're going to learn from the people who are actually uh, you know winning at this thing, who are actually overcoming this thing with ninety four percent recovery rate, that would be that would make sense for us to follow their lead, right? But not just try to create something that's going to say we're going to do whatever. And then second, right, vaccines, right? Okay. We've, we've been here before. Uh, Tuskegee syphilis, we've been here before. So we could also say that they may be trying to penetrate Africa to make sure that it blows up. There's a lot of ways to look at that. So I get it from a scientific approach. But, too, we've been through this. The black people have been through this before. Well, we've been, we've been a guinea pig, okay, in a lot of different cases. So but go ahead. Now, I'm going to let Dr. Shuttle end us out because we're at the top of the hour. Uh, what, what I, I will throw this out to you, Evan, just very quickly. Uh, that vaccination vaccination comes online. China will be using the vaccination. Uh, the way it works is vaccination, vaccination is a preventive, a remedy, helps you once you have it. So as science brings on both, if, if they discover both, the world will be using it for this novel virus to include China. Go ahead, Dr. Shun. I, I know you only got a few minutes, so I'll let you close us out before we go to the, the next break. Go ahead, Queen. Listen, I appreciate every last one of you guys. And as we started the conversation off, we have to be wise with how we manage our bodies and how we take care of our health from the onset. I am one person who is not vaccinated. I think the world is vaccinated, so I don't get their diseases. (laughs) But I'm not vaccinated. I don't plan on getting any vaccinations. But I just know that when things happen, like when my daughter got chicken pox when she was younger, I had to send her away because I'm not vaccinated. I'm much older. So I, it would hurt me tremendously if I got it. But um, at the end of the day, people are going to do whatever they want to do. We cannot force people to not take vaccines, not believe in the doctors. Not do, we can't force them to do that. People have their own brains, and that's the right to self-determination. I'm just saying to exercise wisdom, and this should be a wake-up call. I mean, everything that's been happening over the last, eight years, 10 years that we've been going through should be a wake-up call. But if this is not a wake-up call, I don't know what will be. I'm going to keep doing what I do with, with educating our community and being an activist. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I just know there's going to be people who are going to listen. There's going to be people who are not going to listen, and there are going to be people who are not going to respect me, my, my information, my science, my experience, my expertise. They're not going to respect it, and that's okay. I'm only here for those who are willing to listen. Now, I love it. Any any contact information? I know you got to go, Quinn. Anything you want to give out to the public real quick before you go? Thank you for being with us. If anyone just Googles my name, they'll find all my information. I'm not I'm not a private person. I'm easy to find. My name is Dr. D.R. period Shauna, S-H-O-N-N-A. My last name is Etienne, but I go by Dr. Shauna. Anybody can find me if you just Google that, Dr. Shauna, S-H-O-N-N-A. Highly encourage that follow follow please follow her learn from her thank you so much Queen for for your time we are up against the break we'll be right back all I ask is that you think let you hear this hit from Taylor Pace again can't think about love and an old couple praise. Yeah. 
What the United States government did was shameful, and I am sorry. We have no idea how many wives, girlfriends, children inherited the disease and also died or were forever crippled by its effects. For 40 years, the U.S. government-operated public health service conducted what was known as the Tuskegee Syphilis Study, one of the darkest chapters in American history. Now, over 40 years after the study ended, we still don't know and might never know the full extent of its effects. And the study might have continued if not for a 1972 article from Associated Press reporter Gene Heller. Everyone who knew about this, to my way of thinking, everyone who knew about this and didn't blow the whistle, that didn't shout to high heaven, this is wrong, is culpable. Syphilis was considered a national health crisis in the early 20th century. You don't know a thing about syphilis, except that you've got it. And many doctors at the time thought syphilis and other medical complications were affected by race. To study the disease, researchers found a population of poor, black, syphilitic sharecroppers in and around Tuskegee, Alabama during the Great Depression. Nearly 400 of the participants had syphilis, while another 200, the control group, did not. In the end, as many as 100 men died from complications related to untreated syphilis. And the message was very clear. Black deaths mattered. Medical doctors deliberately let them die, wanted them to die for what they could discover from their bodies later. How old were you when you first learned about the uh, Tuskegee study? 23. The day you published this story, the day the story was published, did you know what was getting ready to happen? Yeah. I knew it would be explosive. After the story broke, and there was this incredible public outcry, Senator Kennedy had held very, very public uh, congressional hearings on, on this. If they had been white, your public health service would never have agreed to, to do this study in the first place. They wouldn't have dared. Welcome back to the Minute to Dialogue talk show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Frost, our special guest on the line with is Evan Jefferson. This morning's discussion question, is America trying to kill us? As Evan 
segues us into the Tuskegee experiment that we would have to discuss when you start asking questions of this nature. We do have a caller that wants to get in, but Latrice, we're going to start here before we get to the caller. Uh, any thoughts uh, of how, in a sense, we, we I think we both, and we've talked about this before, we understand how it rightfully plays in the African-American community. It plays in our mind as reasons to be skeptical, uh, but even understanding maybe some of the ends of out of exactly how the Tuskegee experiment happened, in my opinion, might alleviate some of our, what I would say is fear in reference to, in a sense, how to properly dissect maybe something like, like somebody like a Dr. Shana's information, her scientific approach. I think sometimes we struggle with that based on a rightful fear based on the history in this country. It's like it, it is warranted, but I think it can hurt us as well. Any thoughts on that, Queen? Um, I think it does hurt us. When we think about the, the syphilis experiment, the men already had syphilis. They weren't being injected with it. They were being injected with a placebo. Um, there were some being injected with a placebo and others that were being injected with potential treatments for it. So, um, it's, so that's a different type of thing, but it does give cause for concern because of how it played out with black Americans, but they intentionally used only black Americans, black people. So in this instance, first of all, we need to recognize that a vaccine is not a treatment for. A vaccination has two purposes, and that is to protect those that are vaccinated and to reduce the spread of, of whatever it is the vaccination is for. So that's what it's for. Additionally, we keep saying America is the only one that's working on a, on a vaccination. It's not. China's work. China has a company, Biologics. China and South, South Korea have a joint venture in, in Novia. Um, Germany is working on it. UK is working on it. Australia. The United Arab Immigrants has also partnered with the UK with another, in another company to work on vaccination. So this is a worldwide global um, issue that if we really look at the data and lay it out from a factual, logical, analytical perspective, we're not saying, hey, black people, let us come. Now, two French doctors, you know, indicating that, you know, I think they should have, you know, they should have indicated that we, had, we need to find a control group to test against instead of saying, oh, we need to go to Africa. Um, I do agree that they, they did not phrase that properly and that set off alarms and that definitely created more cause for conspiracy theories to run abound. But I think when we really lay out the data, look at honestly everyone who's working on the vaccination because this will help us from a global perspective. The global economy has been impacted. Um, global jobs are, are, are being lost. Globally, there's more domestic abuse. So we're impacted from a worldwide perspective, not this country only. And so when we lay out the data, lay out who's working on vaccinations, lay, lay out who will be vaccinated, it doesn't lead us to think, oh, they're out to get us. At least, you know, the data doesn't lead me to that point. Evan, I'll let you respond, then we'll go to the next caller. Go ahead, Key. Uh, yeah, great. So my point wasn't that China isn't working on a vaccination. My point is that they only have 1,700 active confirmed cases left in their country, and they did not use the vaccination to get there. So my, my, what you I'm saying is... You use the vaccination, Evan. It's what, not to... What you what don't I, use the vaccination I, to, to remedy. See, so, 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 so can I finish what I was saying, or are we going to cut each other off? You can go ahead and finish. So my point, so my point is, is that for us to follow the leader, do what they did so we can have similar results. I'm not saying don't do a vaccination. I'm not taking one, but, hey, that's what they want to work on. That's going to be another product that's going to be offered to the public, and people are going to pay for it, or insurance is going to pay for it, more capitalism. 
What I'm saying is they're getting through this thing without a vaccination. Not that the vaccination isn't warranted or whatever from a scientific standpoint, but they found a way, 94% recovery rate in China, where it supposedly started. I think it's before that. I think we should follow do what they do. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. Can I I'll let you go before I go to the caller. Yeah, yeah, please. I'd like to say that. I'd like to say that when we keep comparing to what China did, China locked their country down. They locked the Wuhan province down. Province down. We don't have a leader who's saying unequivocally, "Stay in your house." We're not. We don't have a leader who says you will be arrested if you are found outside of your residence. When you, when we talk about do what China did, we'd have to have a leader who's willing to take a stance that China took, and we don't have the kind of governance that China does. So for us to say that and to think that, yeah, it'd be nice if we could, but we don't have that type of leadership. We don't have that type of governance to have that kind of outcome. We, got, we have a governor in Georgia who says shelter in place, but it's okay if you go to church. Shelter in place, so, I'm going to open the beaches, and I'm going to leave the belt line open. So, so what about the father? What? No, go ahead. I, I don't want to cut you off. I know you're done. Go ahead. It's impossible to replicate what China did when we don't have the leadership who's willing to replicate the kind of governance that it took to lock down a providence and shut it down. And when we think about when we talk about it, there's been identified a young man who, who came from Wuhan from visiting his parents and came back home where he lives to Seattle. So they're actually investigating that as perhaps patient zero in this country. Yeah, go ahead, Evan. I was just gonna say. I mean, we can say. Well, I'm not talking. This is this is. We can talk about the leader of this country, but what about the leader of the household, right? Let's just do what China did. Like, don't go nowhere. That's if, what I'm saying. Is we can govern ourselves. We don't have to wait on some some man who we know ain't gonna do the job to govern us as people, as black people. Like, we just decided that we. Hey, kids, y'all ain't going nowhere today. He'll say, hey, everybody got their mask. Everybody got their gloves. That's what, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when I say let's do what China did, I'm talking about black people. I don't give a damn about Trump. He, he don't care about our life. That's, my, that's what I'm trying I, to I go got, I got to push to back go. on you. No, that's fair. That's a good thought. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love what you just said. That's a, yeah, we're like within ourselves. I just want to say this to you and we'll go to the caller. But I would push back from the standpoint of, you know, just you and I being friends. You ain't staying locked down here because China, like China, went as far as for families when they when they lock down, you could only go out the house. Only one person could go out the house every three days for food. Like that's how hard they're locked down. And I'm just saying, I know how you run, brother. You ain't staying in the house even if you tell us we should do that right now. You ain't staying in the house, man. You're right, right. I'm not. But the reason why I'm not staying in the house because I'm delivering food to people. I'm delivering masks to people. I'm delivering stuff to sanitize to people. I'm getting people supplies. No, I'm on the front line. No, I'm not staying in the house. I hope everybody else get off the road. They get out of my way because they ain't helping on this on this on this end. But yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not scared of it. But I still respect other people, so I wear a mask. I wear a cover. But I'm out here delivering supplies to people who don't have no delivery services. You know what I'm saying? So no, I'm not gonna stay in the house. I'm gonna be out here supporting my community, helping the elderly, helping the people get food and stuff like that, so they can survive. If I die, so be it. But I am my brother's keeper. And thank you I, for I, I respect my point. King. Uh, what I said was thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, here we go. 919, last three, 518. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Go ahead. Hey, this is D. I'm calling from uh, Durham, North Carolina. 
Thanks a lot, D. What you got for us this morning? Hey, I just want to touch on two things, man. Uh, first, I, I want to answer the question, but I got to go back real quick to our, our brother initially when he was talking about, uh, and I'll be quick, Italy being a third world country. Third, third world isn't just uh, identified by the power the country has in the correlation to other countries. It's, it's about the infrastructure, right? It's about the, the economic status more so than anything else, like frontier markets, all right? I just wanted to touch on that real quick. So it's not a third world country. Um, also, um, I agree with what our brother was saying when he says we don't have to wait for a government mandate to do what we know we're supposed to do, regardless of what's legal. Um, I mean, regardless of what's said. I got to piggyback on what our sister said because she's correct in saying that we cannot recreate what China did, not b- b- because of what this president does, does do, but because our system isn't set up the same way. Um, China has a more homogenous culture. Like we don't, we're not, we're, we're not built like that. You know what I mean? You you tell um, Americans do something that that's in their best interest, they're gonna say, look, you can't, you can't, don't tread on me. You can't tell me what I'm supposed to do. You can't take my rights away. That's just that's just reality. So we can recreate that in that way. Um, also, I wanted to say um, to answer your question, uh, the, the the topic. Yes, <laughs> with these folks trying to kill us, they they always have been. That's nothing new. Black people have to stop. We have to stop playing these silly games like we're waiting on a formal declaration of war. They're never going to come out and say this. That being said, no, this isn't some scheme that they're creating to target us because they're losing money too, right? If you if, like, So th- there's a difference between saying I'm going to be an opportunist and I'm going to take av- advantage of something and, and weaponize it. For sure, that's that's reality. We see these people operating outside of their best interests because they're fighting over who's gonna maintain what levers of power after this. You know, assuming this, we get back to some level of normalcy. That's what we see. But this isn't something that that they created to harm us. That doesn't make any sense, or or, or themselves too, because they're just as vulnerable, if not more so. I don't know. But one thing I know, when uh, a brother initially was talking about. The 1%. Listen, people with serious paper, they need people to have disposable income. That's how they maintain their, their economic power. That's literally what happened in, in, in the Great Depression. If people don't have money to spend, the people with money don't have anything to sell because nobody else is going to buy it. So it's not some grand scheme. It's a pandemic. We need to be smart. We need to do what we're supposed to do. Of course, white supremacy, like it always does, is going to find a way to try to to, to use it for its advantage, for sure. But we need to take this time, too, and do what we're supposed to do. So I agree with both of them on, 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 on certain points, and that's, you know, yeah, my bad. Just, we just got to get off the dumb shit. No, it wasn't your bad. That was excellent. We, we love passion, man. That's why I'm letting you run. I mean, we all forget the break. I would, I would keep you on, and we got other callers as well. Sometimes you, I don't know if you've listened to the I'm, This is my first time hearing you call in, brother, so keep listening to what we're doing because a lot of times we will keep you on. But, again, I am up against the break, and I got other callers. For sure. But thank sure. you so much. That three cents was excellent, yes, man. Indeed, you definitely man. touched on a lot of things. Though. Excellent three cents. I'll get you to get one last thought, and we're going to go to break. I just want to say much love and respect to everybody listening, man. This is important that we have these type of conversations. And I'm telling you, I, I, I listen a lot, man. I just don't call in. But but sometimes, um, I just one thing I want to say about someone who called earlier. Y'all, there are some people who, um, you know, in, in search of an identity, they just kind of gravitate to, I, I'll just say silliness. You know what I mean? It's almost a way to, to define mm-hmm. themselves. Hey, I know this and you don't. And no disrespect to them, but, y'all, we got to charge them to the game. We don't have no, no time for no silly stuff like that. But so I just want to say I appreciate you, brother. I love the show, and y'all keep putting the work in. All right, thanks a lot, King. That was an excellent call. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. 
Big Tits Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Hoover's Co-Intel Pro. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover's counterintelligence program known as Co-Intel Pro was launched in 1956 and ran in secret until 1971. Federal paranoia was dizzyingly rampant, and the program aimed to, quote, expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize any groups or individuals that threaten the status quo. Pro-labor, anti-war, black liberation, and civil rights groups were heavily targeted. The list of public figures monitored as part of Co-Intel Pro is a who's who of 20th century cultural influencers. Among them were Martin Luther King Jr., who was sent an anonymous letter by the feds urging him to commit suicide, and John Lennon, whose radical views and affiliations started a 12-month month investigation in an attempt to have him deported. Many of the victims were dismissed as needlessly paranoid conspiracy theorists at the time, but those FBI files are now a matter of public record. The truth wins out eventually, or at least it's comforting to think so. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Is America trying to kill us? Special guest Evan Jefferson on the line with us. Got a caller that wants to get in as you hear a cut talking about COINTELPRO, ran by, again, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, former FBI director. And I would highly encourage when we start talking about the concepts of, or I think as the last caller said, believing in silliness, if you will, but but just the idea of some of these conspiracies and things like out there, what I would recommend is, you know, go and study COINTELPRO. I'm I'm a big Malcolm X friend, so I I hope I read the COINTELPRO on them following that brother in the FBI and things of that nature. And you really really can learn, in a sense, 
what are the true elements of a conspiracy. Because I'm mentioning this because um, ultimately, as we've went through the COVID-19 situation, we've heard all type of things floating out there. And I would say if you take the time to learn the elements of conspiracy, uh, you would find that some of the power that you think the 1% has, and I think Dee made a great great example of that if we don't have money, they don't have money. That is a real-life economic connection, even in capitalism. And it's, it's that's the right. reason you're getting a $1,200. It's the reason you're getting a $1,200 check just to hope to stimulate the stimulate the economy, if you will. Uh, and and before before the COVID virus hit the world, the uh, unfortunately the web gap was getting bigger than it had ever been. We've had the biggest web gap growth in the last. 15 years than, than specifically in our country than it's ever been. The market was rolling. So uh, so if you just put all of these things in perspective and go take the time to learn about, for example, a COINTELPRO to even understand what our government is capable of doing and learn what they're not capable of doing, at least, at least that's my thoughts in learning about COINTELPRO, wanted to bring it to the table just, for, again, just to give thought that a lot of times I think we give power away by assuming they, the government, whoever, are more powerful than they actually are. Than they actually are. I think, um, Evan, I think you were about to jump in, so I'll go to you before I go to the call. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just want to respond to him, man. That that's just not true, man. You got to study. You, you got to if you if you well, let's start studying money, man. Wall Street is rolling right now, right? Wall Street is up ten percent in the past five days. Money has flowed into Kohl's, Nordstrom, and uh, it's another retail company. Why is money flowing into those companies when ain't nobody going to those stores to shop? It's not making any sense. Uh, Nor- Norwegian Cruise Line has been up 35% in the past seven days. Why is money going into Norwegian Cruise Line and ain't nobody's cruising? So we, we, let's get, if we're going to bring some numbers or bring an idea, like we said, allegorical, let's actually bring some numbers. And one thing that I do, I study, I study money, right? That's my, that's my forte. I'm in Wall Street every day. And this is what's going on. While we're paying attention to COVID, guess what's happening? The rich are getting richer and the poor are staying poor. So as I said earlier, the CEOs of these companies, for some, I don't know how they knew, but they sold right their shares. They sold shares to protect their wealth, protect their family's wealth around March 1st, right, right before the market crash. Guess what they're doing now? They're going in and buying up while stuff is low, right? To do the same thing, to double, triple the money that they have. So to think that they losing money is actually is, is is actually just a fallacy. But you're only looking at it from a consumer standpoint. I say about that. I can talk about money all day long. This is what I do. Yeah. So here's 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 a question I got, and then I'll go to the caller. So very commonplace that when there's a market crash. You know, as you say, in a sense, those with assets, those with cash, they obviously take advantage of, in a sense, a, a market crash. So that that absolutely is 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 very understandable. Um, is it is it possible? Again, just throwing it out, but is it possible? Do it with the market being at record highs. It's not abnormal for someone to be concerned about a correction and you know, like I obviously don't keep up with the degree that you do. So if you're, yeah, if you're, you know, and obviously if you're saying that all the CEOs did that, I can't argue with you on that, but I was just throwing out. I just remember 
the record highs that we were experiencing. I just heard a you know a bunch of experts talking about the concern for when will the correction be because we were at record highs. So I'm just wondering, do you, I'm just asking, do you think that fear could have drove it and 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 the virus, which I think is naturally, you know, I believe it to be naturally made in China. And our country was trying its best to push it off and not deal with it because of the economic success that we were having. Like, I think that's why they didn't lock the country down because, and I think the, um, B said this as well, that as a culture, we are, we do have that culture where we're, we go, we're going to buck regardless. And what I do agree with you is we don't have to wait for the president when it comes to our community. I love that part. But again, just throwing it out, do you not think that fear, could have played a role in how it so happened to time out. Just your thoughts on that, and then we'll go to the call. No, it's too many. It's too many CEOs stepping down, right? Of of, mm-hmm. of companies that are impacted the most. It's too many CEOs selling stock of their own company, right? It's too many of them doing it at the same time for them to for us to think that oh they don't know something coming down the pipe. That that would be irrational, right? For all of them to do it at the same time, and it's public record. We can literally see it. You'd be like, damn, for March 1st, okay. Then you go to Delta, March 1st, oh, wow. You go to another, like, damn. That's, 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 it's, 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 I mean, we're smarter than that, period. We're just smarter than that to see that everyone, all of these, all of these big wigs, right, are doing it at the same time. They got some wind, whether, you know, whether, oh, this is bigger than we think or whatever the case may be. For them to all know to sell at the same time, for them to all know to step down and cash in at the same time, come on, man. Ain't nobody stupid. Quick, quick question. Are, were we not getting the wind of that this virus was going to take the economy out? Like, like, is that not the wind that was happening at that point? And I may be wrong about March 1st. I don't, I'm just I, – I thought we were – I thought our country spent – the well – I know our government spent two months in denial of, of what was about to happen with this pandemic because the World Health, Center, World Health Organization were trying to tell all of the governments. Some paid attention. South Korea jumped on it immediately. But we had two months of the World Health Center saying this is going to be a huge issue. And so I'm just, and so maybe once they, the CEOs look at the numbers or, like I always say, when Adam Silver got shown what was at risk, we got that break, breaking news, the NBA's canceled. Nobody saw that coming. So I'm just saying the tea leaves really could have just been this virus that our country wasn't taking serious. Just throwing it out that it was, it was bubbling since the end of last year. So, that could, so um, yeah, I'm just saying the virus could have kicked that off. Go ahead, um, Latrice. And I'd also like to add that, you know, the stock market, is, you know, it, it bounces off of global news. And so when you have news coming out of Europe that deaths are down, new infections are, are also down, and you have um, Saudi Arabia investing in Royal Caribbean, those kinds of things are carnival or one of those that he, they invested into. Um, those things have, an, have an, a, a trickle-down effect on the stock market. So, you know, we can look at there's always a way to use data to inform what's going on, whether it's in the stock market, whether it's in, in in government, whether it's in retail or what have you, it's a way to use data. It's something other than they're not stupid because they're not, and neither are we, but we need to stop. We need to start using the, the tools that we have, the brain that we were given to make informed decisions about the actions that we take, and that's what we don't see that's happening here during COVID-19. It's 5G that's given us these symptoms. It's all of these things that's given us these symptoms. Oh, that's why Africans don't have, but none of us are lining it up. We're looking at things siloed. 
We're going to take this issue and silo it away from everything else that's going on in the rest of the world. You can't do that with a global pandemic because everything's interconnected. Yeah, the interconnected part is, I think, is a, is a, that's just as an, as an, a, a world problem, but I would just say our country problem with um, just the education level, we all struggle with that interconnected. Um, and, Evan, you're right, you talk about it all the time, not just having linear thought because in a silo, that's what you do. You take your linear thought and make a bunch of but make a bunch of decisions from that. But things are interconnected, so you have to get into the complexities of things. So um, um, definitely, when you look at other things, other factors, it might give an answer to something that you're kind of saying, "Hey, this is an issue." Or look at the power they have, and you're not interconnecting into some other thing that could give you the answer there. Actually, we're going to go to the break before I get to the caller. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask that you think we'll be right back. Do you need a video to help promote your business on social media? Contact Black Ivory Digital Marketing to get a professional, high-quality video within 48 hours. Let more people see how your business can help them. No matter what type of business you have, we can create a video for you. Authors, realtors, life coaches, insurance agents, stylists, therapists, and more. We got you. Is your business next? Contact Black Ivory Digital Marketing at 470-635-1241 or info at blackivorydmf.com. Again, that number is 470-635-1241 or email them at info at blackivorydmf.com. This morning, eight-year-old Jordan Rogers is an internet sensation for selling bottled water on the street in front of her house. This woman don't want to let a little girl sell some water. This woman is Allison Edel. This morning, she's a social media villain for calling the cops on her young neighbor. Yeah, and um, illegally selling water without a permit? We don't know what happened leading up to this video being shot. Edel, being called Permit Patty online, says she was working at home upstairs, and Jordan's sales pitch was loud and nonstop. I tried to be polite, but I was stern, and, and I said, please, I'm, I'm trying to work. You're screaming, you're yelling, and people have open windows. It's a hot day. Can you please keep it down? Edel says she never confronted Jordan, just her mother, Erin Austin, who took this video. She's calling the police on an eight-year-old little girl. You can hide all you want. The whole world going to see you, boo. Welcome back to the Victor Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, is America trying to kill us? Special guest co-host, Latrice Ross, as well as special guest, Evan Jefferson. And obviously, we've been talking about this worldwide pandemic, but I thought it was still only appropriate if we're going to ask this question. As Evan said in the very beginning, this could go a lot of places. I thought it was only appropriate that we kind of bring it down to, in a sense, our community as the individuals to, to speak about how often 
moments like a permit patty for those who remember that 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 episode, and it seemed like over the last couple of years they had a rash of these silly police calls, if you will. And I just remember as those were happening and people were lining them up on social media and things of that nature, I also felt that what was included in that sentiment was this concept of, look, 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 at, look, they are trying to kill us. Like that perspective seemed to permeate as those, as, the, as those stops got sillier and sillier and sillier. And so I didn't want to do this discussion without talking about all the different ways that sometimes as a community we may say, look, they're trying to kill us. I would lean towards something Evan specifically said in the first hour is a lot of this is more to control us versus the concept of trying to kill us is what I would say with that. Um, Evan, I'll let you respond, and you as well, Latrice, and then we're going to get to 502 that's out there trying to get in. If you're on the line and want to get in, you do need to press 1 in order to get into this morning's discussion. Go ahead, Evan. Well, I mean, I go back to control, man. That's what it's been, that's what it's been since the beginning. There's nothing much has changed. Uh, all you know, as much as things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, I mean, if I'm a if I'm a slave owner, I'm not trying to kill my slaves. I, I'm trying to make sure that they keep doing the work, right? So when I think about things from 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 the time that we've been brought over here from our homeland, uh, you know, it, it, it's been about control. You know, from a from a financial standpoint, controlling your dollars, as you said. You know, I'm really, I really concerned about all of my people that were about to retire. They just lost 30% of their wealth, and those who have the money are going in and making 300, 400% returns when this thing recovers, uh, and they got to work another 10 years punching the clock. Yeah, that that bothers me um, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a theft um, that's going on behind the scenes that that only a few people can see. Um, but, yeah, when you can control someone's finances, we can control their mind with media, uh, propaganda. We continue to uh, to promote and to share their media, uh, and then we base our opinions based off of what they're, what they're controlling, not understanding that we get that stuff late, that they control that. Uh, that's why I can say that, you know, it, 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 it's, it's very it's, – it's not, it's not a coincidence that all these CEOs did the same thing at the same time because they had information before the rest of the population because they pay for it. So yeah, I mean, you know, they got us by they got us by the they got us by the throat, man, but at the end of the day, you know, if you free your mind, the rest will follow. Now, Levin, let me say this real quick before you respond to you, because you just brought up another good point. I just want to put in perspective, because I really, again, would love for this to hit home. Um, initially, when we started this show, I mentioned we wanted to get into the psychology of it, and I think this is our opportunity to do so. So when Evan mentions the concept of sharing their media and things of that nature, I, I once had a special guest on, and I've never forgotten this, um, Maria Richards, and she made this point when we were doing one of our conversations with smart people Highly recommend if you see one of our conversations with smart people show. You might not, they're not, they're not famous people, but they are highly intelligent people. And so this sister, she was mentioning, uh, we had got into the discussion of, this has been a couple of years ago, and I think maybe there had been a recent police brutality situation. And um, and she and I, with our followers, had long recommended that, in a sense, people stop looking at those uh, at, at those videos, if you will, uh, but what she said on the show that was so profound, and I think it relates to what Evan just mentioned, the idea of sharing their media and things of that nature. She said on the show, she said, she says, who do you think those videos are for? And 
when she said it, she she goes her response was if the videos were effective in cutting down in a sense the 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 amount of produce police brutality, then now in social media age we see enough videos to where it should have shut that down. So what she was saying was, who is it for? It's propaganda media to keep that sense of fear that I know Evan's alluding to because he's absolutely right. From the day our ancestors were brought here, death has been used as a tool of control to make you think they're here they're out to kill you. We have, as Evan loves to say this, you know, look at history, and I love looking at history. Uh, we, we, we watch a culture or race, basically the Native Americans, they wanted to kill them, and they're 1% of the country right now. So we've seen a version of genocide in this country. I, would, I think it is very important to understand the difference between someone trying to control you and being afraid that they are trying to kill you. This country has needed us from day one. We always talk about they built this country off our backs. We know that is a truth. But to please understand there is a psychological advantage to understanding the difference between being controlled and being thinking that someone's trying to kill you. This, the latter creates fear. Control, if you think and understand that that's what the goal is, I personally think from a psychological standpoint that that can embolden you to say, as you hear Evan say, free your mind, it can embolden you to say, well, no, you're not going to control me. And you actually, you know, does that not mean there may not be situations in which you stand up for or you may, you know, you may die standing for what you believe? Yes, that can still happen. But that's a def- very different mindset than for us to equate silly arrests, police brutality situations, and jump to they're trying to kill us or they want to kill Africa. Like when you have that, it creates a subconscious fear, in my opinion, that stagnates us. So I I definitely wanted to bring that home, um, just especially when I heard Evan say sharing their media. Like, so what, what does that tell me? Stop sharing their media. Don't watch their TV. I haven't been a TV watcher in 15 years. I don't share police brutality because I don't want to share something that's going to subconsciously make the next generation afraid. I want someone in control of a police stop, not fearful at a police stop. If you're in control, you're more likely to come home than if you're fearful. These are the things that are subconsciously, from the very beginning, as Evan said, it's always been about control. I think subconsciously you can be emboldened by that versus fearful of letting the next generation know they are here to kill you. They are here to kill you when that's not a fact, in my opinion. Let's go to the caller. Actually, the caller may have dropped. Let me see here. Bear with me, y'all. If you're on the line and want to get in, you do have to press 1. Okay, maybe the caller jumped off. All right, Latrice, any, any thoughts about what I had to say? I'll let you jump in. Okay, I got the, okay, the caller wants to get back in. Let me get the caller. I'm sorry. 
Area code five five seven one last three two three seven. Give us your name. Where are you calling from? This is uh, Emil Bryant calling from Northern Virginia. How you doing, brother Matoya? Hey King, I know this is gonna be excellent. What you got for us? <laughs> so you know uh, your show. I've been listening to almost all of it. Is really powerful. We black people are being controlled right now. COVID nineteen is an opportunistic virus. And what we are learning from our mass media, from ourselves, is that there's not enough scientific mathematical literacy, right? So we call that numeracy in the mathematical sense. There's not enough of that to discern what information is valid and what information is nonsense. And because we have not enough scientific literacy and and numeracy, we're suffering as people. One of the most powerful things that your brother Evan said, and uh, I respect your, your, your game and your hustle on Wall Street, is that there were people in the know who made decisions based on their knowledge. They had reliable knowledge, and they had the ability to interpret that knowledge reliably. So when they get the information, they know how to use that information in a tactical, operational, strategic sense to make sense of what their life will be like post-information. One of the challenges that we face in our community is we don't get reliable sources of information. We don't have the scientific literacy or numeracy to interpret that information and make good decisions. Mm. All of that has historical precedence that uh, uh, several of your panelists and callers have said before. Last point I want to make that you guys are hitting pretty hard that I want to emphasize for everybody, myself included, is that if we slow down and calm down and assess what is actually happening not just around us, but across the country, we can make some really valid decisions about our day-to-day life. And the most valuable day-to-day decision that we can make is, what actions can I take right now to protect myself? And if we learn how to think like that and say, these are the things that I can do, right? You cross-reference the WHO with the CDC, with your local government, and if all three of them are saying the same thing, likely it's going to be true. Not always, but likely. And one of the things we can do is start making some good decisions about how to protect ourselves. We can use that same methodology to protect our wealth. We can use that same methodology to protect physical security. If we begin to look at the different sources and just ask a basic question, what can I do right now to protect myself? We might be making some very valid decisions, not from fear, like you were talking about, but from a position of control and strength. I understand that the decisions I make affect my ability to navigate my life in the near future. And with that, I'm, I'm done. Beautiful. Thank you for that three cents, King. Um, Latrice, I'm going to let you jump in. Uh, I, saw, I see the caller that was out there, but I'm going to go ahead and let you jump in because we've got about a minute and a half before break. So, caller, I may get to you after the break. Go ahead, Latrice. Okay. Um, I love what that caller said. Um, I think it makes, it makes a tremendous amount of sense when we look at how we take data, how we consume, the da- first of all, the data that we consume, and then how we interpret and apply that data to our lives. Um, it's very telling. We, in many instances, we don't know what data that we should believe. Um, and so many of us, because of our distrust of our, in our governmental infrastructure, we believe anything that's anti-government and states that they are trying to kill us. So I think that if we become, begin to be, develop more literacy, when it comes to how to understand data, what's objective data, and then how to interpret that data and apply it to our lives, we as a community of people would be so much more, so much smarter in how we go about our daily lives, how we, how we make decisions. Another point I'd like to make from a, um, 
from a, what do we need to begin doing in our community perspective? We need to begin to be advocates for ourselves. When we go to the doctor, um, we don't advocate for ourselves. We take what they say as the gospel, not understanding the history of racism and bias in our healthcare system. I intentionally look for doctors that are pro-black. I want to see the, the Kenta cloth in their office. When I was going to camp, looking for a surgical oncologist for my best friend, when one of the surgical oncologists said, I'm not a member of the AMA because of his racist history, I said, that's the one for you. And she got the best treatment ever. So those are my statements. No, I love it. Perfect timing, too. We're up against the break. 502, I definitely will get to you after the break. Sorry I missed you on the last for the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, definitely contact me directly, 404-604-9477. Inbox me on Facebook at Mental Dialogue or even on IG at Mental underscore Dialogue. If you are an individual without a product or service, you can support us at MentalDialogue.com. Please consider supporting Mental Dialogue and keeping intelligent radio on the air. There are different levels at mentaldialogue.com. We have a caller that's been waiting. Let me get to the caller. Area code 502-LAST-3283. All my callers been bringing it, so you got you to gotta keep it going, <laughs> whoever you are. I'm just messing with you, but we, had a, a, we, got, we got some amazing change today uh, from our callers. They've been doing their thing. What's, where are you from and, and what you got for us? Hey, this is Brent from St. Louis. What's going on? Oh, oh B-Fog. I know B-Fog going to bring it. Let's keep it running, King. How you doing? Come on, come on man. Y'all, y'all bringing 50 points, uh, great points for, for the last two hours. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compile all of them into about the last uh, 30 minutes. 
No, just kidding. I love it. It is a lot of info. And you so you, much you need 30 minutes to get it all out. Okay, I got you. I got you. You're going to get cut off at, at 12, though, just so you know. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we're no. going to all drop off and let you run it for the next next 11 minutes. <laughs> no, I, right, go ahead, Kim, I'm, I'm going to keep it, it tight and, and, and keep it to my original point, but I think everything you said has, has kind of um, alluded to that. I, you know, like Evan's point, uh, uh, in the sense of I was thinking of the economy. And, um, uh, be, it was early. It was late January, and uh, and in February, was they saw some folks buying stuff off or selling things off in their uh, mm-hmm. portfolios. We're talking about we're talking about policymakers. Mm-hmm. And what it said to me is where my frustration lies. Trump said the other day, um, you know, we're gonna look at the data when they talked about the number of black people being disproportion or black people being disproportionately affected by COVID, and it was a look at the data thing. Well. Those people selling things off told me that they got information and the data that told them things were going to change in their lives, and they were trying to prepare mm-hmm. for the next step. In my mind, um, and from my my history uh, or my my career background, I know that people have been talking about this for a long time. Not just this specifically, but putting plans in place so that we could prepare. And, and speaking to the data piece. The data has always been there um, regarding the impact. You know, we, we know the, the phrase, uh, when America catches a cold, black America catches pneumonia. We, we know that data, and that data was in place. So what data do we have to look at to see why we're disproportionately affected? And so that's the frustrating piece. And, and it's frustrating, and I equate it to um, uh, a, a police shooting of an uh, unarmed black male. Every time it happens, white people look at it as anecdotal. No, don't bring in all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring in all that other mm-hmm. those other times that it happened. We let's just look at this one time and what this one cop was thinking. But what that one cop is thinking is comes from a culture that has allowed that allowed him to go into communities that he fears and disrespects and responds on on a notion and fear. But what black people do, we come in and we say, this is going to be the tipping point. That's uh, who's that Malcolm Gladwell that wrote that book. Wrote that book. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the tipping point. And when people see, we, our hope is, just like during uh, uh, the 60s civil rights movement, our hope is that when people in positions of influence, people on the other side, people who are unaware see this, eventually hit that tipping point and say enough is enough. And I think this is just another case of that. The data is already out there. When is enough going to be enough? And and I I put that onus on policymakers as well as those of us who are in a position to call our policymakers and make them work for us. So, and I, I, I know it's a, uh, an American system, constitutional maybe kind of point of view, but that's where I come from in, in my day-to-day life. Well, I mean, you also you also coming from it from the fact that you just to share this, not to give too much of your background, but you 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 you've gotten yourself involved, especially on the local level, and so you've seen it work locally, and that's where it, that kind of stuff does work. And so, you know, if we if we kind of like if we, for example, I don't know, somebody has something in the background. If you can mute yourself. That was me, man. The neighbor turned on the lawnmower. Okay. Saying, no, we okay. No problem. No problem. <laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, but, yeah, what I would just simply say is, uh, what I, and I, and I want to hear Latricia's thoughts while we still have you on the air, 
but I'll just simply say, you know, knowing your background, getting involved locally, um, if, if people, for example, as what you just kind of mentioned, if you just have this anti-government sentiment, then it makes you stagnant and being able to even think about enforcing the policymakers to affect, as you say, this data that's already there. Just, you know, that, that, that getting up on the national podium to say this is disproportionately affecting black people should be no surprise because we consistently, due to, as Latrice opened up the show, is to say structural racism does not surprise us that those are the numbers, but if we're going to hold people accountable, it does take you know, it's participating at least in local government. So I, I know where you're coming from. I just wanted to highlight that when you said that. And um, Latrice, any thoughts about yeah, what? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Jump, yeah, jump back in before. Yeah, no, no, I, go ahead, bro. I, I was going to say to that point, that's why I don't call people racist, not because they aren't racist, but I think when you call people racist, it lets, people, it lets good people who write bad policy off the hook. It, you know, there are people out here who are in policy-making positions who say, let's just shut down the schools and everybody go home. But they've never thought about the impact of, you know, the connectivity of our black communities. And it's on them to have thought about that strategically before we got into this situation so our black kids didn't go home to the television that you guys are talking about, the YouTube and TikTok, while these other kids are getting ahead on the Internet. You know, so good people write policies that negatively impact race as well. So when we call somebody a racist, those good people come and say, I'm not racist, so everything I'm, and all, everything I do is well-intended. Putting a curfew on the community is well-intended, but if most of our, our, or a lot of our people are going out and, and doing work at night, well, that's a problem. Right. Now, I hope people – I really want people – I want to re- reiterate that, Latrice, and I'll let you jump in. Like, I want people to really understand what Brent just said. And in this something, it pains me from this standpoint. Um, when it comes to politics, the, uh, we love to throw that word around when it comes to politics, racist, racist, racist. And it's like if you could, if you could really, really understand how ineffective it is in – helping move the needle the way Brand is talking about. Leave the word alone, push for an effective policy, because as he just said, there are people who would would consider that a curfew wouldn't work if you hadn't labeled them racist for putting the policy in the place two two you know, two elections ago. I don't know if that makes sense, but strong point in my opinion. Latrice, any thoughts about what Brad had to say? Um, I think he he had he makes a very good point um, about that. And and while I come while I speak about structural racism and inequities, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I I will initially believe that it's coming from a place of unconscious bias before I call you outright racist. Um, and that way, and and I do so. And, and to me, when you encounter those situations, you get to your point by using Socratic questioning. Because when you use Socratic questioning, the person that you're asking the questions of, they will eventually have that aha moment and self-correct themselves. So I don't have to do anything as far as calling someone a racist or anything. But I think it's a valid point. We do have to begin to advocate for ourselves when it comes to our medical care when it comes to our health care, when it comes to local legislation. We have to be more active. We have to be, do our research and stop believing 
what politicians tell us is the truth. We have to begin to dig deeper, go beyond the media soundbite, dig in, read the data, read the history. And we don't do that collectively as a balloon. Each cycle that comes around, each elective cycle that comes around, we get our hopes up just to have them dashed because none of our needs were met. None of our needs are met because we don't have accountability for our elected officials. They know we're going to vote Democratic as a block, period. Biden won when you have Sanders advocating policies that our community needs, but Biden won. Biden won when the Biden rule is what stopped, prevented Merrick Garland from being um, going through the nomination process, but yet Biden won. The, he's a presumptive candidate. We definitely have to get involved, not at a national point, but at a, at a definitely beginning at the local level and go beyond that from there. Evan, any thoughts on what our caller Brent had to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with what she said. Getting involved uh, is, 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 is key. Uh, I'll go there. But I, I will say, man, uh, for Brother Brenton, man, I, I, I actually run a show called The Money and Power Show, and the power side is the politics. And I have, I have yet to find anyone uh, who is objective enough to come on and share some political views. So I, if, if, you know, if all things works out, I'd love to have them as a guest on the show one day because I can take care of the money part. Uh, but when it comes to these policies and the laws that's been made and that whole thing, I'm not a political guy. Um, I love to have you know have him as a guest. But uh, but yeah, I, hey Brad, that's what we do. We do that live on the air, Brad. So we, let's get that. Let's get that connection. I'll pass the numbers along as long as you tell me it's good, Brad. Let's. We we this not the first time we have made a connection live on the air. Uh, Brad, you good with that? Because I definitely would love to get y'all connected. No, no doubt for sure. All right, I'll get y'all connected. We only got a couple of minutes, so I'm going to let you go, brother. We're going to close this thing out. But speaking of that, um, Evan, Great if show, you will, uh, no, thanks a lot. Um, go ahead and let people know how they can hear more from you. Again, you are that money guy, so for anybody out there that's ready to get their money right, uh, go ahead and tell them how they can do that with you. Go ahead, King. Yeah, just real quick, man, I want you guys to know that uh, this is a once-in-a-decade opportunity. Happened in 2008. It's happening right now for you to get rich. Um, you just got to be able to see it for what it is and, and separate things out. You got different compartments of your life, and one of them is financial. So a lot of people are going to be rich. A lot of people are going to become millionaires. More millionaires is made during a recession than any other time. And we got some examples. I am the author of a book called The Black Billionaires Club. Study black billionaires, people that look like us. They're all over the country, right? You can follow me, ERGJ. ERGJ, just look that up, ERGJ. I'm Googleable. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Right, and I run a uh, group, and my my website is theblackbillionairesclub.com, www.theblackbillionairesclub.com. And last but not least, if you are looking for supplies, I have connections to warehouses and imports and all that stuff. I get masks, gloves, uh, toilet tissue, toilet paper, paper towels, bleach, anything. I can find it. I'm like red, <laughs> so I'll shake the dish. I'm known to find a thing or two. Just reach out to me. Uh, you can check out the website I have where people are ordering all over the country, and they're trying to stop us from doing this too, by the way. But I'm not going to stop. Keep, 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 keep trying to support my community, and that's going to be at uh, D Black Bazaar. Uh, D Black Bazaar is B-A-Z-A-A-R.com. Hey, text me all of your contact information um, so I can put it up under the replay of this show. We are at the end of the show. Latrice, thank you so much. You were wonderful today. Uh, for anybody out there listening, all the callers, y'all were amazing. Every Saturday morning we're doing this mental dialogue. All I ask is that you think. <laughs> <laughs>